We've had people who have left us with four-year degrees, and we have people who getting out of bed every day and overcoming their depression is something to celebrate. Well, hello and happy February. It is good to be back. That voice you just heard is Trisha Kaufman with Solid Ground Minnesota. And today we will hear all about her and Solid Ground Minnesota. Trisha is the executive director of this amazing program that does so much good in our community um, in White Bear Lake and beyond. So we're going to jump right in to hear what she has to say and uh, how you can get involved with that. So here we go. Episode six of the Grace People Podcast. I'm going to treat this as if I have absolutely zero clue, because a lot of people hearing this, I think, are going to have zero clue who you guys are. Sure. Um, um, So, Solid Ground, what is it? Solid Ground is a White Bear-based nonprofit that provides housing for families who've been homeless or are at risk of homelessness. So we have uh, um, six different programs right now. We have the one that's probably most known is our um, our site, East Metro Place, that's right next to Century College. Uh-huh. That was our first building. And then we expanded it back in uh, 2005. But it provides um, housing and a more intensive level of services for families with specific needs. So not only have they experienced homelessness, but... The parent might have a disability, or there might be more children with learning disabilities, or they've experienced long-term homelessness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are other barriers or um, histories of trauma that lead them to us. And then we have a program in Maplewood for military veterans who've been homeless and their families. That's called Home Front. And um, and then we do a lot of scattered site housing, which a lot of folks don't know about us. So scattered we scattered site housing. Scattered site housing. So instead of having a program in a building and everyone there being part of the program, we partner with landlords out in the community to provide rental housing for families, and then we provide part of the rent mm-hmm. and uh, directly to the landlord to help that make the housing more affordable. For families, and then we bring our services to those families. So we are everywhere from Cottage Grove to Forest Lake to New Brighton and everything in between. Yeah, that's quite a spread. It is. It is. And, you know, pre-pandemic, we had staff who were in their cars all day long, you know, because we want to see people in their home setting, make sure that they're doing well, make sure that they're taking care of their units, um, and and if they need anything, you know, we can help them. Um, but since COVID, you know, we've try- really had to pull back from that, and so we're doing a lot of virtual connection with our clients, mm-hmm. um, virtual uh, apartment showings and lease signings and things like that. So we've been able to adapt that, but we really do miss mm. um, being right there with our participants, other than at our East Metro place, which is where our main office is as well. Um, we're just not seeing people in person as much as we used to, and we miss that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, you, what you, it sounds like what you do is not just provide housing, but you provide relationships within that. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's not, it's not just an economic thing. You know, people can become homeless because they don't have enough money 
to pay for rent. But they often, the, the families that we're serving, they often become homeless because of other issues, mental illness, chemical dependency, mm-hmm. disabilities, um, you know, childhood histories of trauma, domestic violence. You know, they're, they're dealing with some pretty significant issues. And our job is to help them, you know, work through or overcome those barriers so that they can continue to sustain their housing and, and avoid being homeless again. So. so it sounds like you provide services that are more than just housing. It's not Absolutely. just a building that you bring people into. Right. I mean, there's some, sounds like deep level healing. There's, yeah. uh, what, what kind of services do you guys offer uh, to these folks? Sure. Well, every, yeah, the, the housing is absolutely the foundation, you know, and I think that we're learning more than ever with the pandemic that housing is healthcare, right? Mm. You know, it, you really, a family, a child, an adult, whoever you are, you really need a safe place to be. Um, not, and not just for your physical safety, but also your emotional well-being. So, that's yeah, kind of what, like the, the Maslow's hierarchy thing. You need right. shelter, you need right. food, water, right. um, those those basic like survival things first. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, so what we do is we partner every family with a family advocate. So that is someone who is there to help them. You know, look at what needs do they have, what goals do they want to set, how can we help them work towards those goals. All of our programs have a some kind of children's specialist. Um, they have different titles, but children's services specialist or a parenting and youth coordinator. But it is someone who can really focus on the children and their needs and then on the parents in their role as parents. Mm. Um, we have an employment and education coordinator who can help people find employment or, um, you know, if they're looking to, to go to school or, or get through a job training certification program, you know, she's there to help them enroll. Um, we ha- and we have housing specialists who, you know, are the first line of defense, if you will. So if a family is referred to us and they're in shelter or in a vehicle or whatever situation they might be in, you know, it's that housing navigator's job to work with them to, to find a place um, you know, negotiate the lease with the landlord, get them settled in, and then we can bring in some of those other services. Wow. So this yeah. is, and these services you bring in, are these all different staff people? How many, I saw on your website, yeah. it looks like you've got pretty decent sized staff. Yeah. I mean, not huge, but yeah. quite yeah. a few. We have, uh, I believe it's 23 staff, if you exclude um, seasonal staff. In the summer, we have a summer camp at East Metro Place. So that kids who, you know, when they're not in school in the summer, they need positive structured activities. Our parents uh, often cannot afford, typically cannot afford camps or daycare for their kids. Um, And so they're home all the time and they may or may not be supervised. And so we want to be able to provide that kind of opportunity for them. And so we actually do an on-site camp. And it was much smaller this year. We only had a handful of kids. Um, and we put a lot of effort into making sure that we're providing our services safely. You know, in fact, we have an after-school, or I should say out-of-school, tutoring program. It's our longest-running program. Um, 
where we pair community volunteers who serve as tutors with uh, school-age students, mostly kindergarten through sixth grade. And this is, takes place at East Metro Place in White Bear. And um, so the, the volunteer and the student can work one-on-one on homework help, primarily homework help, but, mm-hmm. you know, reading skills, math skills. We always play a game, you know, to keep keep it fun and keep the kids engaged. And, and those tutors and kids really develop more of a mentoring relationship, I think. You know, it's not just someone there to help you with your homework. You know, they really love having a, another adult other than their parent, you know, who cares about them and wants to see them succeed. And um, that has been a struggle for us this year, hmm. to not be able to do that program like we normally do. You right, know, we miss right. our tutors. The kids are really missing their tutors, you know. We're doing, again, a scaled-down version, but... Um, you know, kids are at home, and um, they were focused on making sure that they have the the technology they need, mm-hmm. you know, to engage in school when they are virtual or hybrid. Um, but, um, and then we're trying to figure out, like, you know, instead of having a program from four to five every night, every weeknight of the week, you know, we're like, okay, well, this kid's available, you know, from <laughs> two to three, and this <laughs> kid, you know. <laughs> But we're we're doing our best, you know, to to keep them engaged. Yeah, um, brag on your staff a little bit. Oh, we have an awesome, awesome staff. <laughs> so awesome who do, staff. Who, who do you have? What do they do? I mean, you know, sure. obviously you can't name everybody and what they do, but sure, just sure. Um, maybe who are some folks that in this pandemic have and probably all have had to pivot. Just brag on whoever you want. Absolutely. Well, I got to start with our program director, Jazzy Foreman. She's been with us, I think, almost nine years um, and has kind of been my partner in crime, you know, trying to, to grow the agency and meet the needs of the community. And she's a great person at building community among our, our residents and our staff and and a real leader. Um, and um, I would say, too, we have a... a, a New, actually, we have a, a somewhat new administrative staff or leadership staff. So we have a newer director of philanthropy, Andrea Kish Bailey. Many people in White Bear know her. She used to be the director at the White Bear Food Shelf. Oh, okay. And yeah. went left for another job, and we were lucky enough. She really missed White Bear, and um, we were lucky enough to snag her to come back and do development work for us. And she's been doing a great job at. Mm-hmm building our social media, you know, and presence and uh, which is not something I'm very yeah, good and at. That's, I like to joke I follow, my, you know, I follow you guys. I see you all the time. Do you? So yeah, I well, see you Well, that is Andrea. All the time. And that's why that's part of why I wanted to have this conversation because I was like, man, I keep seeing you guys and you're doing awesome things. Absolutely. She has just done a phenomenal phenomenal job of getting us in front of people more often. Um we have a newer volunteer manager, Dylan McDonough. He did a great job with the, our Holiday Express program this past Christmas. You know, we had been doing a different um, uh, version of helping families with holiday gifts. And that, it called our Santa Shop, and that had been going really, really well. But you, we couldn't do that. Uh, because of the pandemic so we Mm -hmm. had to find a different way to connect 
families and donors and volunteers, you know, who wanted to help give families a, a good Christmas. And it was just a great success. We had about 100 families um, uh, sponsored uh, by shoppers and and the families. I just got some quotes from both families and volunteers the other day. And, you know, people are just really happy with uh, with how it went and how it made them feel. You know, people are just looking for a connection right mm-hmm. now. Oh, yeah. I think we're always looking for a connection, but especially right now. And, um, yeah, and, you know, we want to find ways to to do our work differently where we can keep our, our residents and our staff and our volunteers safe, mm-hmm. um, but still be able to, to meet the needs of the families we're trying to serve. And meet each other's needs for that connection and support. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love yeah. the, the energy behind that. And it sounds like you've got a staff who just loves people. We do. Which... <laughs> I mean, our I could I could literally name everyone of right, our right, staff. Right. You know, our our family advocates, our children's staff, our housing navigators, they work so hard, so hard to make sure that families have a place to call home mm. and and um achieve that stability and and help our kids get through, you know, some pretty traumatic experiences. And I, you know, I could talk about them for hours. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make it a bonus episode. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) the staff. Yeah. Um, Here's something that surprised me is, I mean, it started, the organization uh, started in White Bear. It did. Yeah. And and just the, you know, it's easy to look around White Bear and think like, what? Yeah. Really? Like yeah. the homelessness issue, the like yeah. White Bear seems to be a pretty um, established and, you know, yeah. folks who are here seem to be doing okay. Um, yeah. But the way you describe it, you know, there's, there's a, I don't want to call it an underbelly, but there's just, there are, people have problems. These are real things. Right. How did, how did it all start? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I have been with Solid Ground a very long time, but I was not here uh, at the beginning. So back in the late 80s, a group of women, mostly professionals, um, got together and recognized that there really weren't opportunities or services for, particularly for single moms with kids who were living in poverty in the suburbs, in the suburban communities. And so they got together and, you know, they actually did a survey and they found that families... In poverty, most needed help with affordable housing, transportation, child care, and um, increasing their income, right? No surprise. And those are all true today, as mm-hmm. true as they were, you know, 35 years ago. So they um, raised money and they built East Metro Place, um, which back then was a 20-unit building. And, um, and they were really focused on, because we're right next to Century College, on housing and supporting parents who wish to return to school mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, you know, move forward with their goals. And over time, we really evolved more towards um, serving those most in need. So families who are experiencing homelessness, families who have no other options um, and may also want to go to school, right? We always encourage our families to advance their education, not just our kids, but our parents, because I think most of us would agree that education really is the key to um, 
to getting out of poverty in many cases. Um, and so we, and that may or may not be the goal or the ability for our residents. So we, we really do try to take a, um, a person-centered approach, you know, so what will work for one person may not be um, what's right for the next person, you know. We've had people who have left us with four-year degrees, and we have people who getting out of bed every day and overcoming their depression is something to celebrate, you know. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of run the gamut between, um, you know, all those needs and really try to make sure that we are there for what that person needs at that time. And, and hopefully we can make that long-term impact on the family. So not just on the parent, but also on the, on the children who are um, as much a part of that family as that parent is, right? For sure. Breaking that two-generational two cycle of poverty. Hmm. You know, having all the, the way you describe it, it's like uh, individualized success plans based on the needs, yeah. which sounds... Sounds emotionally and and just energy. It sounds taxing. How do you and your staff? How do you continue? You know what? How do you keep yeah. that energy and and the drive to keep going forward with all these families? Yeah. Well, it it is emotionally exhausting, but it's also really really rewarding work. You know, and you do have to celebrate those successes when they come, because not every day is a good day. You know, not every day. Um, people, there's probably one step forward, two steps back for, for most of our residents. Um, but it is an opportunity to, you know, to walk side by side down a path toward a better future with them. And I, you know, that's a real privilege to be able to do that. You know, a lot, not a lot of people can say that they love their jobs. And I'm guessing you are like me, and you yeah. can honestly say that you love your job. I'm on tape. Of course You're I do. Tape, right? <laughs> no, I do. I definitely love yeah. what I do. Yeah. But, you know, that's not true yeah, for everyone. Yeah, that's not true for so, everyone. So, you know, we try to... Um, you know, we try to support one another. I feel like we have, you know, a very um, family-friendly, supportive work environment. Um, we try to anyway, and, and we're trying to find ways to, you know, we, we don't have staff meetings anymore in person, mm -hmm. you know, so how can we find ways to engage with one another, you know, um, remotely. And so we're doing all kinds of fun, get to know you activities during our meetings. And we even had for our annual holiday lunch where normally we would gather at a local restaurant and do a gift exchange and all that. We um, got DoorDash for everybody. <laughs> and so they could get, you know, what they wanted for lunch and then we could eat together and play some games, you know, over over Zoom and you know, it's just like the rest of us. We make yeah. <laughs> make do, do with what we can. Making it work. Yeah. 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 That's but good. It's, it's a great, it's a great group of people. Really great group of people. That's good. Honor to be there. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. How does somebody know when they're, uh, somebody in the community, when they're getting into a position that they might need to call you? Yeah. What are their clues or, yeah. um, 
What are some of those signs? So things are things are very different now than they were years ago. So there's a, a system in place called coordinated entry that is throughout the state, you know, well, throughout the country, really. Um, and it's mainly county-based. So if someone is experiencing homelessness, they need shelter, or they're looking for supportive housing like uh, Solid Ground provides, they would go through this system called coordinated entry. They're assessed, and then ba- based on their needs and their history of homelessness or other issues, they will be referred to one of our programs or another program uh, in the community. And so it's really about not making people tell their story 20 times. You know, in the past, someone was in shelter, you know, they might be given a list of programs like Solid Ground to call, and it was a matter of calling at the right time, right? Oh, yeah, we have an opening. Mm -hmm. You know, you can come here. Well, they may or may not um, be the right you know, we may or may not have the right services mm-hmm. or locations that would work for them. And so now we have, and it's not perfect, it's far from perfect, because we just don't have enough housing or enough programs or services as a community to meet the need. Um, but it does at least look at that that family or that person and try to direct them to the the program that is best for them. Mm. So, and that's true for all of our programs with one exception, and that's our Homework Starts With Home program. Um, in that case, it's more of a school-based referral system. Um, and so with Homework Starts With Home, um, which we started about two years ago, um, we, uh, we partner with quite a few organizations. So the White Bear Lake Schools, uh, North St. Paul, Oakdale, Maplewood Schools, Roseville, and Moundsview. So those four suburban Ramsey school districts, mm-hmm. as well as Lutheran Social Service. They administer our rents for us. Um, St. Andrews Community Resource Center. They do some prevention work for us. Clues and Merrick Community Services. Um, oh, and Suburban Ramsey Family Collaborative, which really kind of helps us manage the, the partnership. But Solid Ground is the lead housing agency and the fiscal agent um, for this 10 organization partnership yeah that's quite a network it's it is it is it's and you know it, it collaboration is challenging but it's also uh, really effective when it's done well and I, I feel really good about the work that we're doing so we're we have um, in these four school districts social workers can refer families to the community social workers or resource navigators that are um, connected to those schools and then through them be referred to our Homework Starts With Home program. So sorry, I know that's kind of a long, drawn-out explanation, but that yeah, that's but... it sounds complex, but it's actually, um, actually a great way, I think, for schools to identify families who are and students who are really struggling because of their housing instability mm-hmm. and hopefully get them into the program. So we either, depending on their needs, if they are if they have a lease, but they're having trouble pay, mm-hmm. paying back rent, we can help them with that. Um, or if they're doubled up or they're already in shelter or in other um, homeless situation, then, you know, we can rehouse them and... And pay some rental assistance on their behalf. 
um, that program is actually full right now. Um, the The housing part of it is full, but we are still taking referrals for prevention okay. clients. Um, and so what I would say if people hear this and they need help, you know, they should connect with their school social worker and see if they can um, get some help through Homework Starts With Home. But we, um, we have really exciting news in that we just got a very large, a transformational grant from Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos. Yes, I saw that. I believe yeah. the, the White Bear Press or the Vadness yes. sites. Uh, yeah. yeah, they both oh. covered that. And uh, the Day One Families Fund. And we are going to use that money to expand Homework Starts With Home into Washington County Schools. Wow. So now you don't have to be just in those four school districts that I named earlier. You could be in Forest Lake, Matamidi, Stillwater, South Washington County, you know, um, uh, and I, I feel like we still, we're just starting, um, but I feel like we can really build on the success that we've had in suburban Ramsey and be able to bring those resources to more families. Um, Washington County is really an underserved county. You know, yeah. it's seen as very affluent, um, but there are significant pockets of poverty and there aren't a whole lot of service providers in the community. Um, and we've been serving that community since we started, really. But um, we're really excited to bring more resources to that community. Mm. We're also going to be doing a shelter diversion pilot project with Washington shelter County. Shelter diversion? Shelter diversion. So... In um, what that means is that so the day one families grant does not allow prevention work, okay, which is unfortunate, but right, that right. is um, their focus is on making sure that families get shelter, housing, or diversion. So um, we uh, talked with some folks in Washington County when we were applying for the grant, and they said that they felt like that was a gap. Um, so shelter diversion is when someone is reaching out for shelter or maybe they're in an unsheltered situation, like they're in a park, in their car, you know, something like that, um, that um, sometimes you can help them find housing by, um, you know, helping neg negotiate with the landlord to allow them to come back. Or helping, maybe they could stay with a friend, but the friend won't let them unless they can help pay the rent or pay for food. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's 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 kind of a, a very um, uh, creative way of That's approaching, it, yeah. yeah, of approaching um, uh, diversion where it could it's and talk about person centered. It's whatever that person needs to avoid having to go into shelter which we don't have enough of. Mm -hmm. And again, especially now in a pandemic, very unsafe, can be an unsafe place to be. Mm -hmm. Any kind of congregate setting can be unsafe, right? I know that the shelters are doing good work to, to be as safe as, as possible, but it's just not ideal, right? right. Um, or certainly keeping them, you know, from having to stay in their car or outside. Because um, in Minnesota, winters, I mean, that's, yeah. that's dangerous. That is. Clearly. So, yeah. So, we're excited to help 
and again, working with a collaborative, and we're just starting to to visualize what that will be. Um, but looking forward to um, to bringing that to to Washington County. We have one in Ramsey County. That whole coordinated entry process for families has a very strong, effective diversion program, and that's kind of what we look to. Like, hey, they're doing this really well. We can model what we're doing off of them and hopefully be able to bring that to Washington County. That's great. Yeah. So for people who are hearing this and they're just like, this is great. I love what you're doing. I want to partner with you. Um, What are some opportunities for individuals or organizations to partner with Solid Ground in whatever way? Well, there's there's lots of ways to do that. And again, it depends on, you know, your... um, your time and your interest and um, your ability, you know, do you want to be on site uh, volunteering or do you want to do something remotely? I know that Community of Grace, the diaper drive um, that you've done, you know, we're a part of that. That is a tremendous help for us. Um, We also have things like um, welcome home baskets, you know, Mm -hmm. so when people come to us, they have very little, you know, and so we work to um, make sure that they have, you know, bedding and kitchen supplies and cleaning supplies. And we actually um, uh, uh, work with Bridging, which is a a lot of people know about Bridging, great organization that can help provide furnishings for a household. So we pay the fee for them to shop and to deliver those items, um, which is not a small amount of money. Right, I mean, yeah. we spend uh, tens of thousands of dollars on bridging fees each year. Um, but it's really important, right, to help a family feel welcome and settled. Um, everybody gets a bed, you know. Um, we're not going to have people sleeping on the floor. If they don't have a mattress and they can't get their bridging appointment in time, you know, we're getting at least getting them an air mattress so they can be comfortable. So for people who like to provide things, these are things that that we will take. Um, we don't take furniture. We just don't have the space to uh-huh. manage that. Um, yeah. uh, but you can go to Bridging, and then we'll be able to <laughs> benefit <laughs> from that. that. Yeah. But we have tutors. You know, I talked about the out-of-school tutoring program. We're actually looking, now that it's more virtual, we can bring it to children in our Cottage Grove housing or in New Brighton or Forest Lake, like I talked about earlier, you know, they don't have to be in White Bear to have a tutor and get that kind of support. You know, we can connect volunteers with children remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to have any special skills. You will have to know how to to Zoom or use Microsoft Teams, but, you know, we can teach that. we have we need help at our front desk. So someone who is comfortable with coming in and doing something in person at Solid Ground, we have uh, uh, a need for people to to sit at our front desk and just you know greet people um, and answer phones. It it allows our office assistant to step away and do other things, mm-hmm. you know, data entry or um, you know coordinating uh, some of the the. Um, not furnishings, but the the donations that I just talked about and so forth. So that can be a big help. You know, that would be a half a day once a week, or even you could be a substitute. 
um, drivers. We're not doing a lot of driving now for obvious reasons with COVID, but um, sometimes it's about just transporting something and dropping it off. You know, we have this great partnership with the Recyclery. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that. That's a White Bear Lake-based uh, group, but they um, uh, take bikes, use bikes, refurbish them, and then either sell them or give them out to kids in need. Every one of the kids in our programs gets a bike. That's awesome. You know, and so yeah. you could help deliver bikes or you could, at Christmas time, we had people picking up gifts that donors had dropped off and then delivering them um, uh, to families. I mean, it's just yeah, it sounds like, all kinds of stuff. It sounds like if you like solid ground yeah. and you like what you guys are doing, just call, yeah. talk to somebody and... <laughs> we will find a place for yeah. you. Or uh, the website, solidgroundmn.org. Yes. Um, are the volunteer opportunities listed on there? Yes, there are. And if you don't see something, just call and ask. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, if- and we do have, so we normally, we had, you know, our office was open eight hours a day, five days a week, plus evenings or weekends by appointments. You know, we, because of the pandemic, um, we're trying to keep our office hours. We're only open half days. So mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings. Tuesday, Thursday afternoons. Um, there's always a couple of staff in the office um, when the office is open. But, you know, if if someone doesn't answer the phone, just leave a message and we will get back to you. You know, just um, we would ask for your patience. Things take a little bit longer these days sometimes. For sure. Yeah. For sure. What is just uh, what is something, if there's anything, that you haven't mentioned that you would just like people to know? We need landlords. Oh. If you asked me, do you need money or do you need a new landlord? I will say I need a new landlord because, and I still need money. (laughs) I should say we still need money. (laughs) Also, we still need money. (laughs) Because, you know, no money, no mission. But um, we are struggling so much with finding units that are affordable, to our families, and that will take someone without a great credit history, or maybe they've had an eviction, or maybe their income is not three times the rent. Maybe they have a minor criminal history. I mean, it's, it is so hard. You know, there's such a dire affordable housing crisis right now in Minnesota, and again, across the country. But Minnesota, the Twin Cities is really, unfortunately, becoming known um, for having a really severe affordable housing shortage and um you know we're feeling it we're feeling it i've been there like i say almost 24 years and i would say the past five maybe 10 years but really i would say probably the the last five years it has gotten um really really difficult to um to place people in housing you know we we're placing about, I mean, we have our site-based housing and we have more control over who we can can take or not. And so that's helpful. But, um, you know, we're placing maybe six or seven out of 10, you know, 60 to 70 percent wow. of the people who are uh, referred to us. And sometimes that's because they just drop out of the picture and we can't reach them or, you know, there are other circumstances, but I would say, um, you know, we there is, you know, probably 20% 
um, of the folks who are referred to us that we we might look for six months trying to find a place for mm-hmm. someone. It used to be we could get almost everyone placed in 30 days or less. Now it's like three months. And then there are those outliers, you know, four or five, six months. It's, uh, you know, and what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Where are they all that time? You know, shelters don't keep people that long. Family or friends may not be willing to do that. They're probably going to be bouncing around, or maybe they're, oh, they, it's warm outside now, so we have to go to our car, you know, or we're going to pitch a tent in the park. Or, I mean, it's, it's tough. So, I don't want to end on a bummer like that, but no, that's, a, that's, that's a legit it, it need. Is, it is a huge need. Well, here's yeah. an opportunity to uh, lift it back up. Yeah. Uh, we are tagline, we're, or this is uh, the Grace People Podcast, and we talk about seeing grace in every corner of our community. And I clearly see it happening where you guys are. So, however you, ever under, you. however you understand that word, where do you see grace in your corner of the community with your organization, with what you guys are doing? I, you know what, I see it, honestly, every minute of every day. I mean, we are so grateful to the support that the community gives us. You know, I've met some of the kindest people that I know through work. You know, the people who, we have, Beth and Betty are two volunteers that were at Solid Ground today. They come in every week and they sort through donations and make sure that people who are moving into a unit have all those things I talked about that they need. You know, I don't want to sort through my own stuff, much less right. somebody else's <laughs> stuff, you know. But, I mean, it's those, it's little acts. It's big acts, you know. It is it is the landlord who normally wouldn't rent to a person with this kind of background, but they want to give to their community, and they're willing to take a chance in partnership with us. You know, it's... It's it's our it's our residents who have overcome so much and still, you know, get up every day and take care of their kids and try to be a good neighbor and a good employee and a good student mm-hmm. and you know, so I I'm lucky to see Grace everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time. Thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Well, that was Trisha Kaufman with Solid Ground Minnesota. Thank you once again, Trisha. You can find out more about Solid Ground at their website, solidgroundmn.org, as well as on Facebook or Instagram at solidgroundmn. The Grace People Podcast is brought to you by Community of Grace Lutheran Church in White Bear Lake. We are at the corner of Highway 61 and County Road F. You know, this past month, we were just covering a series called When Life Gives You Lemons, and we really took a hard look at this past year and what that's done to our mental state, including uh, grief, depression, losing loved ones, and just ways to cope with that and what God has to say about it. If that is something that strikes you as, uh, you know, something you'd be interested in or would be helpful, I definitely recommend checking out our YouTube channel. It's YouTube uh, slash GracePeopleMN. Well, that's going to do it for episode six of the Grace People podcast. Why don't you pop over to the Instagram and uh, give us your thoughts or, or send, I don't know, coffee? 
Yeah, just send me some coffee. Love to hear uh, what's been resonating with you so far. This is all just, uh, we're just trying this out little by little and would love to uh, continue the good work. So send over uh, who you think we should interview, what's been helpful, um, what you want to hear more of. Love to hear about that. So uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram at Grace People Podcast. That's it for today. I'm Dan Lugo, your host, and just looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks when we hear from another very special guest. I'll keep you in suspense. (laughs) As we explore grace in every corner of our community, White Bear Lake, Minnesota, and beyond!